Hello people and welcome to this week's episode of the Two Halves Show. We're bringing you this episode a little bit earlier um, than usual. I am joined again this week with Usama. Usama, how are you doing, bro? Yeah, man, I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad, I'm all good. So, what we will be discussing this week is a little less relevant maybe to what happened during the week, but for sure, there's been some very interesting debates, um, online especially, this week. Um, uh, and the first of which was uh, the discussions around uh, a Premier League All-Star game after suggestions by Todd Bowley. And there's also been debates around Neymar, Ronaldinho and so on. So we'll be coming on to that. And uh, as always, we'll be giving you a roundup of the NFL weekend, uh, another classic weekend in the NFL. Osama, um, I think we'll start with the um, All-Star game and the suggestions that it would be something that would be quite good for the Premier League to take on. What are your thoughts on the idea of an All-Star game uh, and on Todd Bowley's comments uh, generally? Uh, for me, I'm all for it, man. Um, I want to see something exciting, like something different to the Prem. And yeah. it's like the all-star game that you watch in the NBA that most NBA fans that don't really watch the sport or just know certain players. Like casuals, yeah. Yeah, like they know the big stars uh, are playing in one team. So they tune in just to watch that. And yeah. I think for the Prem, it'd be something that you want to see, like even as a neutral or a fan of, let's just say, for example, like Leicester. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, there's something that, oh, you know what? There's no stress. I can enjoy the football. It's a bit of fun, it. isn't it? It's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a bit of fun. And the, there's a very clear, I think, divide in, in the people who are for it and against yeah. it. Like the older generation are very against it. But I think they're just against change. And it's, I can understand the reservations people have around the idea of an all star game. But when I look at how it wor- works elsewhere, I just think it's. It's a bit of fun. It's one weekend. We're not mm. saying it's a, you know a month of activities. It's one weekend that generates money, but it's not even about that. It's just I think it brings a connection between the fans uh, and and the players and the teams and the league itself. To be honest with you, yeah, I think it's like a thing that you want to watch. For example, like not many people would expect to see Bruno or like De Bruyne playing together. Yeah, exactly. So it's like something like oh crap, okay, these guys can actually like play well or like it's. For example, how you playing like FIFA Ultimate Team? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's kind of a similar concept where you want to see these all-star players or these elite players playing with each other. Yeah, and it's a bit of fun as well. Like it's not a game that is is it's almost like it's almost like soccer aid, but you know players who have skills. So they're going to be having fun, but it's going to be so entertaining for us as fans. And I think for me, the the argument for it as well is that you have a whole weekend. Yeah. Of it, so you don't just have the game you, you have the game but then you're gonna have i don't know a free kick competition yeah something different. you're gonna see trippier mm. you're gonna see ward prowse going head to head in like a, a free kick competition for example how Ooh. elite would that be yeah yeah <laughs> do you know what i'm saying yeah, you're gonna have a man. skills challenge you're gonna get mm. spintony doing his little spins or whatever you know trying to impress judges with that like, i just think that as an event it would be so good for the sport and, and like you said it brings mm. people to the sport as well i think um, yeah i think people are just against this idea of quote Americanization and it's like why are the sports happy to learn and to take good things from other places and you're not yeah I think it's like it's similar with the idea of having like a super league like for us as youngsters are like within the younger generation we a lot more see, yeah like we want to see more of like the big teams play against one another what will be interesting though is to see how it's done if it is ever done mm. I, and I do hope it's done I don't know whether you know 
some vocal people would want it to happen, but I, d- I do hope it happens. I think some players would love for it to happen um, just to see how they play with like certain other players. Yeah. Like, for example, imagine you're like Thiago and you're playing with like Haaland up front. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's like, oh, crap, yeah, this guy's a baller. Like, you've, you've played against him, but playing with him, it's something different. 100%. But I, I think the question mark for me is just about how it's done and when mm. it's done. Um, usually, you would, you would want to do it in the second half of the season because that's when you have a good idea about who's playing well, who isn't. The voting is easy. I think the voting will obviously be open to all fans, Yeah, which would take away this idea of, oh, it's only going to be the top six. The reality mm. is it's going to be mostly top six because that's where the quality is. Yeah, You'll still have smaller names in there because the voting is open to everyone. I prefer to have it in the second half because I think you can see how players are performing uh, and, and vote on that basis. And I get the idea it's, it's a busy schedule then anyway, but... I was talking to a friend over the weekend and he was like, maybe you could replace the charity shield with it. But then the problem with that is that's at the start of the year. What if a player leaves from last season? Or mm, no, that's true. Uh, but I think, yeah, you're right. In that even certain managers, well, they're not for it because it's too much or too many games uh, they're playing yeah. in the schedule. And for example, let's just say one of your star players gets injured. I, that, that's why they're like, oh, I'm not going to take the risk. I, I understand that opinion. The reality is, though, players don't really get injured in these games because they're all trying to just show off more yeah. than, do you know what I'm saying? They're trying to win the game, but they're trying to show off while doing it. Mm. You're not going to get, you know, basketball and American football, for example, even hockey. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of hockey, so I'm not really aware of it as much, but they're all more dangerous sports than, than football. You're more likely to get injured on a basketball court because of the way it's played. It's actually not that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. that much of an issue in my opinion. Mm. Um, for me, the voting is the question. I, honestly, I think the voting is the best thing about it. Do you think it should be done north versus south? Like the idea that Todd Bowley was talking about? Or do you think it would be better how the NBA is doing it now where it's almost like an open vote for the top 30 players, let's say, in the Premier League and then 15 are selected from each, uh, from, I, you know, for each of the two teams. Mm. What do you think is better? I think personally, for me, I'd, I'd love a north versus south um, yeah i think the idea and the concept of certain players from a certain area playing against the team from the south yeah it's something that everyone's up for and obviously having the fans voting for that it's not just like certain certain amount of journalists that are voting for their favorite player yeah it's the fans vote who they want to see playing yeah, that team. exactly yeah so it's like they're also engaged with feeling part of this like, event for the weekend or for that day or two yeah and yeah like it's it's, it's good I think with the North versus South, it does give the game a bit more edge, I feel, because there's a bit more, it's almost like a little rivalry kind yeah. of thing for the players. Like, we're from the North, we want to beat them mm. from the South or, or the vice versa. I, I do like the idea, though, of it being almost like the top 30 and then selecting, because I think the teams would be better like that. And I think giving captains the choice would be pretty sick. So you have the top two players of voting mm. choosing. Um, who's in their team like taking in terms <laughs> like you've seen yeah. LeBron and, and yeah. uh, doing the last couple of years mm. yeah and KD doing in the last couple of years so it's like I think that would be an interesting element uh, and it would add to the spiciness yeah. like who he's picked him or he hasn't picked his teammate it gives a bit more drama yeah, to the situation it's, it's I think. a bit toxic which is obviously for us guys we'd love to yeah, see yeah that's what I'm saying though. It's a, yeah it's a bit more dramatic mm. isn't it but um, I think most people have, have been have been saying they want it like you said like a north versus south for that what I'm going to do is Look at an example of two teams, North versus South, that JD Football has done. Shout out Abdullah. 
And I want to run you through both teams, right? Yeah. And then tell me, obviously, who you agree, disagree, who you would have instead. Mm. But then ultimately, who would, who do you think would win this game? Yeah. I, I do think a lot of people already know, but but it's it's interesting to see. So for the North, we have Allison in net. I mean, I think that's even Sound. if it was the whole Premier League, he'd been in net. To be fair, he's the best keeper in the world, probably. His defense is questionable a little bit, maybe especially mm. this season. But he's gone for Trent Van Dijk. Diaz and Cancelo. Uh, midfield is going for a full Man City midfield. Interesting. Wow, okay. Rodri, Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne. Um, and then with the forwards, he's gone for Salah, Haaland and Rashford. Now, obviously, there's no benches for these, but you would have a bench. You'd yeah. have a huge bench, to be mm. honest with you, because it's a bit of fun. Everyone's going to be playing. Um, so, you, obviously, there would be a lot more plays to it, but that's a starting 11 he has. And um, for the South, uh, JD have done Ramsdale and Nett. James Silva, okay. Saliba, and Zinchenko as the defense. Ooh. Rice, Kante, Odegaard uh, for the midfield. And then Sterling, Kane, Son for the attack. Out of the two teams, like, is there any players that you would kind of not put in or put in um, out of them that I've mentioned? And, and who would you put in? And like I said, obviously, it's a squad game. It would be a squad, so there's more players. But is there anyone, if I told you it's just an 11, that you would have differently? Wow, okay. Uh, if we're talking North, uh, currently I'm not too sure about Trent being in that team. Yeah. Uh, I think he's one of the best right-backs going forward. But I think as a defender, I wouldn't put him up there as one of the best in the North. I think Kyle Walker defensively is better. I think his pace allows him to get out of situations where... Has Walker been playing enough for City, though? I'm not quite sure. I think he's got injured this season. Yeah. Um, he has played a few games, but obviously it's not enough. What about, um, what about Kieran Trippier? That might be an interesting one to put I there. think he's had a, a really good season with Newcastle so far. Yeah, he has. I think his distribution going forward, he offers something different. And also, like, in his defensive play, like, you get a solid 7 out of 10 performance. And, and the free kicks cut. as well. You can show off in a one-off game like this as well. Yeah, you? you know, honestly, that free kick competition that you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, my days. He would be putting them top bins. Uh, the midfield for me, I, I know, oh. listen, they are the best in, in, in the league probably, but, like, I think uh, all from Man City mm. is, is an interesting one. I think Bernardo and De Bruyne, it's understandable to have them. Yeah. I think people would love, obviously, to have diversity of different players from different clubs. For example, like Bruno and De Bruyne, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Uh, the hold, in, in terms of Roger, I think him and Fabinho, I'd probably say are up there with one I'd of the best. I'd say Casemiro ahead of Fabinho. But the, yeah, I'd obviously, Casemiro's up there, but I think because he's not played enough games for United this season or just because he's recently signed. Yeah. They've not really pushed him onto yeah. the agenda as of yet. But I think if, if he was end of the season, obviously he'd be up there easily without that. Yeah. I, I had a raised eyebrow about Salah, but then I thought, do you yeah. know what the reality is? There's not a lot of right wingers that are kind of at that top level. I think if Rafinha was still at Leeds, he might be within a shout maybe if, if Salah was yeah, obviously still shot, not performing. But I think given the, the, the gravity of the name, he's, he would make it. Honestly, The South is more interesting because I feel the South has a lot more options because there's yeah. more... The, the playing field is a bit more level. Like, there's mm. not just kind of teams that are dominating in the South. It's just, I think, the only big teams that you can think of within the, within the South is obviously Chelsea, Tottenham and Arsenal. Yeah, but then I think there's players from West Ham who but, are shout. Yeah, deserve um, yeah, yeah, uh, And other teams that do have a shout, to be fair. I, I think this, the, the attack probably is about, right, Sterling, Kane, Son. I think there's mm. an argument for Gabriel Jesus if he was, you know, if it was just forwards. Um, but positional wise, and I think, I think there's a question mark well. on Odegaard. Ivan Tony, good shout. Yeah. 
I think Ivan Tony would be a very, very good shout to, to start. Offer something game, different, actually, than yeah, especially the way he's playing this season. Yeah. Um, I I had a question mark over Kante. I think Kante as a name like Salah again. Yeah. A name he is he's massive. The way he's playing, questionable. He's been injured throughout the season. Yeah, like, I mean so it's, last it's season he really was half had, the season. Yeah. This season I don't think he's played one or two games. It would be interesting. Who takes that? I think for me, bro, the North absolutely slaps yeah, the South. Sure. I'll be honest with you. I think it's uh, I think the North is attack in terms of having Haaland as like an absolute goal machine. Yeah. And then you've got the pace of Salah and Rashford. Yeah, the, the, the pace is gonna it's is gonna kill absolute them. Menace. But I think one thing with the South that's not taken into account. I think Eric Dyer deserves a shot to be fair. Eric Dyer this, this season has gone under the radar, you know. I think Saliba deserves to be there. Thiago Silva, I was watching him in the Champions League uh this week. But I think Dyer deserves to be in that team. Dyer for me And he deserves I'm, I'm against the idea of three at the back systems are. I'd, I'm, I have a very unique opinion on that, and I think a mm-hmm. lot of people disagree with it. But in my opinion, managers who play three at the back, and elite managers have done it in the past, and I accept that. But managers who play three at the back do so to hide their inability to uh, to coach defensive setups. Okay. And it, the irony in that is a lot of defensive managers do play that Conte and, and so on. But for me. In a three at the back system for England, I think Dyer now has cemented his name as part of the back three. There's what those question. I think most people would agree Maguire tomorrow, but then those question marks on the third. Is it Gomez? Is it mm. Stones? I think Dyer's put a big shout for yeah. his name to be I, in I there. He, you know, he deserves to start for me in the England back three. Uh, I think, and it was quite surprising. I'll be honest, his form has been surprising. Mm. No, I think it's ever since late last year where Conte came in, and he gave him like some confidence and self belief to actually start playing within that position and like cement his place because obviously you've got competition and in in that place where even this summer they've signed the likes of Longley with the fact that they have signed multiple defenders over yeah. the last two years I would have fully expected him to lose his place but in, in reality he's like, taken the challenge on and Conte obviously really likes him and he's worked mm. with him and you can tell his positional game has improved a lot I think that was one of his weaknesses but he's improved that a lot I think and yeah, I, I think you're right. He would be within a shout, especially, you know, like you said, over Thiago Silva, that might be, it might be a question mark there. Guys, give us your opinions. And uh, how would you do an All-Star game? Would you do it at all? Are you against the idea? Let us know your opinions um, and be sure to comment. Moving on. Another debate that I found this week, mm. uh, especially on Twitter, was quite interesting. And it got yeah. me thinking. And I didn't really have an answer to it myself. It was a question over Neymar versus Ronaldinho. So mm. it started off, I think someone put out saying, uh, we still need the Ronaldinho region. Someone replied saying, we've had Neymar for the last 10 years. You yeah. guys just refuse to see it. Yeah. And it's very, very interesting when you think about it because mm. one player has longevity, ability, numbers, career generally. And one guy has maybe a bit of a nostalgia factor in a lot of our generation, yeah. especially. Before I give my opinion, I want you to talk to me about yours. What do you think about the Neymar and Aldini debate and who, who kind of stands out for you out of them two? I think for me, they're both elite world-class players. Like you can't take that away from either of them. I think for me, because I've grown up in the generation of Neymar, I'm going to have to stick to Neymar, in my opinion. I think Neymar for me, yeah, I know he's not won the Ballon d'Or, that's the only thing that's probably haunting that him. That Ronaldinho has over him, you mean? Yeah, like that's the only thing that even him as a player, he knows he should have won. I think he was close in 2016, 2017 yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, 
I, I, I can see where you're coming from because Ronaldinho obviously won it, um, uh, didn't he? Yeah. Do you think though there's there can be recency bias and like I think it's interesting because there's two types of biases in play here. I think you've got recency bias with Neymar, but then I think you've also got nostalgia bias with with Ronaldinho. Yeah, I think that's like the only looking thing. back mm. at the times of him playing. Yeah, I think for the younger generation nowadays, they would also probably stick with my answer in terms of say Neymar. But I think with the older generation and listening to a lot of current footballers, majority of them say Ronaldinho is the reason why they fell in love with football. And you kind of agree with what they say because this guy bought something different to the game. Like he was a flair. He made you, even if you were in the opposing team, as a fan, you'd, you'd love watching him play. Like you'd pay to watch him play. And it's 100% understandable as to why because this guy offers you something different on the pitch, like skills, flares, a few nutmegs, worldy yeah, goals, was, and like everything. Was, Jogger Bonito, I mean, uh, instantly that, uh, that, yeah, that yeah. brings that brings him back straight to you. the the thing for me is the more I think about it, I lean more and more towards Neymar because I feel like his career was a lot more complete. Yeah, they've both played for PSG, they've both played for for Barcelona, like they've got that in common. But Neymar, when I think of some of Neymar's performances, I think of the way he puts his team on his back. Especially think about the World the Cup. The Remontada game for me stands out. The combat game against PSG for Barcelona. Yeah. Messi wasn't the the guy who was dragging them out yeah. of that. It was Neymar. Neymar was... That was the best game I've ever seen Neymar play. And that, that game was on, on an absolute different level. But Dino just has, like you said, it's just the flair, the yeah. skill, the... The iconic moments. I yeah. think Ronaldinho probably has more iconic moments as it stands. Maybe in the future we'll think more about Neymar's iconic moments. But, yeah. you know, the goal against Chelsea, everyone can imagine that in their head. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, the goal against Real Madrid, everyone can see that in their head. His first goal for Barca as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, in the goals that stand out, um, moments that stand out, where Neymar absolutely wipes the floor with Dino is in longevity. Yeah. That's not even a question. Like. The, Ronaldinho, the age that Neymar is now, was already close to retiring. Like, it's not even close. I, I have to lean towards Neymar just because of what he's done in but, the game. It's a lot more. Yeah, Brazil's all-time go- top goal scorer, beating the likes of himself as Ronaldinho, Kaká. Yeah, exactly. Pele. Like the names that you have to go ahead to, to reach that point. Even is if you something. think about, even if you think about, it, like he's not been playing in that elite of a Brazil squad compared to the years where. Ronaldinho was where he's got the yeah, likes yeah, of yeah. Oh, the names that he had around Kaka, him. Like elite, elite ballers where now Neymar being the head and like the captain of Brazil team, he's taken on a different role in where allowing the youngsters like Rodrigo or yeah. Vinicius He's He's almost like through. a mentor to them. I, I think the best point was the, you know, the fact he hasn't won a Ballon d'Or, but you know, I think he wasn't going to do that in the era of Messi and Ronaldo. Like Messi and Ronaldo's era, he, you, uh, yeah. he was... He was probably the player that closest got to them. I think that yeah, yeah. got closest to them. But him not winning it is not, you know, it's not a dark mark against him when Ronaldo and Messi are around. Yeah, because if it, if he was if he was about in that uh, yeah. era, he's winning it. He's winning it. Because yeah, even think about the likes of Iniesta and Xavi, where they too are elite elite football players, and they themselves haven't even won a Ballon d'Or. Because the competition levels of Ronaldo and Messi during that time was just insane like i don't think anyone even mbappe and Haaland, would match the numbers that they have within them years like, yeah like football about- was very different back then the 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 focus on numbers has been 
something maybe that's come in the last six or seven yeah. years. Back then, it was a lot less about numbers. I think you look at most players back then, the way they played their game. Wayne Rooney, for example. Wayne Rooney, if Wayne Rooney wanted to and just played striker for his whole career, mm. he would have twice the amount of goals he has. Yeah, for sure. The one season he played it, he scored a ridiculous amount of goals. He dragged United to the Champions League final when they had no right being there with the teams they had. Yeah. Team they had at the time. But that's an example of how, when you look at back his numbers, they're like not as impressive as you'd think they are, given how long his career was. But it's because football has changed from then. It is very numbers-based now. I yeah. think Ronaldinho gets more numbers now. Neymar, I think, still gets the numbers back then. Yeah, I think Neymar, his numbers and his, his trophy levels that he has for both club and international bases is up there with one of the best, I think. 100%. I think a lot of people might say, obviously, he's in a farmer's league and so on. But, but that's only now, isn't it? Like, you yeah, look at like his Barcelona years, they, they have to stunt something, do you know what I mean? Like, I think them years at Barcelona were just insane. And Yeah, exactly. He, and he's, he, he is, he's a talent that I think, I think was underappreciated take, yeah, by a lot of people. For sure. Especially because he went to France. I, I do mm. think... I'm very sad that he didn't come to the Prem when he went to France. I would yeah. have loved to see him in the Prem. Um... Because that would have been a sight to behold. Yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, when, you know, just the, f- the the joy he brings to the game himself, to be honest. Guys, give us your thoughts. Let us know who you would take out of them two, whether that be right now, at the peak of their career and so on. Um, it will be it's definitely uh, something to consider. Moving on, um, I want us to talk about a team that's been struggling a little bit in their own way this season that a lot of people didn't see struggling. Um, and that's by Munich. Mm. Now, you know, you look at the Champions League form and it looks absolutely fine. Yeah. No no problem at all there with how they're doing. Do you know what I mean? They're top of the group, two wins out of two, beat Barcelona nicely, everything looked calm. Yeah. In the league, however. Different story, man. Seven games, three wins, three draws and a loss. Mm. I don't know what it is that's different this season I can't believe that it's just Lewandowski leaving that's caused this because everyone listen we all say we all say how it's a farmer's league and so on and so on and listen the reality is they are probably going to bounce back at some point and and win the league but at the moment they are they're not they are struggling uh, against a lot of teams a lot of games they're not even impressing and I think for me, a player I love and I thought would have a shout at next year's Ballon d'Or if he performs this season, and he still might, uh, Sadio Mane, he hasn't quite settled in um, as well. Yeah, I think um, it's taken him a while. I think he scored um, three to four goals this year in the Bundesliga. I think um, certain players take a different time frame to adjust to different leagues. I think because Mane was so suited to the Premier League to how fast and how physical and quick it was. I thought he'd adapt quicker because the way they play with high lines, spacing behind, I thought he'd, he'd love that. I think, yeah, you're right in the sense of him, he, as, a, as a world-class player, he should adapt to leagues much quicker. But I think looking at how Bayern are playing currently, I think teams now yeah. sit back further and they've not given enough space for players like him, Sane, Gnabry, Coleman, to running behind because they know these players are more attacking minded yeah, than love running behind. Changing the way they play when they they come up against Bayern Munich. Yeah, it's, it's like more. Let's not give them enough space. Let's sit deeper. They've got no space to run behind. 
because you no, know, look, them three are all fast players that can get in behind and cause damage to them. I think the um, the one thing I did notice from watching some of their games is they lack a, a focal point, and I yeah. think that's what Lewandowski bought. Is that he bought a player that would drag defenders out of space, creating space for the other pacier players. And I really thought that they should have got a striker this summer, um, almost a number nine type striker like Lewandowski was. Maybe that would have been Ronaldo, who knows? Maybe the way he plays, I know Nagelsmann probably doesn't like the fact that he doesn't press. But I think he would have at least provided a focal point for them. Yeah. And I think that's what they're lacking now without Lewandowski. Um, and that's the importance of having a number nine for any any team. It brings you a different option to break down teams. Yeah, I think he he kind of loved playing there, looking at him as a Liverpool fan. He offered us something different. And obviously, I think having watched Firmino for so long, because he's so slow, he loves to drop deep. Mane just literally just harassed the centre-backs, making them go back, press them really high. Yeah, I think with Bayern, he's not really done that enough for them to know how he plays or him being suited to certain types of players. He just needs to get used to, to, to the team, I think. And, and listen, like we said, listen, they are probably going to of course, you of know, course. bounce back. And I think the fact that they're doing fine in the Champions League is a good point to what you made, being that teams are you know, sitting back against yeah. them. They're not going to do that in the Champions League. And I think that's why they've found success. And I think that Barcelona game last week was interesting because... I think the reason Barcelona didn't win that was because they, they just couldn't finish. Pedri yeah. should have scored. Lewandowski should have yeah. scored twice. Yeah, They had least. chances to finish the game mm. off early and, and they didn't take them. And um, I think when Goretzka came on, I think he definitely changed the dynamic of that game for Bayern Munich. And I think he's an important player for them in that midfield. I think, of course he is, but looking at how the manager wants to play, he started Sabitzer more often than he has Goretzka. Yeah. And obviously looking at the previous seasons, um, seeing how Gretzka has played really well against certain opposition and him having a connection with Kimmich in the centre mid. Because Kimmich, you know, he's just going to sweep everything that comes around him. He's yeah. more of a, a sit-in centre defensive mid, yeah. pass the ball out wide, where Gretzka's more box-to-box. And for me, I think personally, I, I prefer Gretzka playing more often than Sabitzer. But I think because Nagelsmann himself, he's loved Sabitzer during his RP Lasberg days. Yeah, Nagelsmann is one of these managers who's a nerd who who will look at the numbers and figure out a way to beat teams um that way and like you said i think the i think the fact that he was at leipzig for a, for a moment is the reason why he's you know back in sabitzer the way he is even though there was a time i think over the summer that they were in looking at selling sabitzer but he's definitely been one of the positives for them this season um I, I wonder how they'll bounce back. I, I personally, for me, I think they're going to bounce back just fine. I think they will end up winning the league still. Uh, and and my question marks over how they do the Champions League, though. I think that victory over Barca was very important because I think yeah. that guarantees them, in a way, going through as long as they don't slip up against the other teams. Um, do you think they have a chance of, of going all the way in the Champions League and winning it? I know you, you said they were your one of your favourites for the competition. Do you think even with their struggles this season, they can make it? I think for me, a hundred percent sure that these guys can actually make the semi-final and final. I think they'll have enough time during the season to gel together as a squad, and allowing Mane and a few certain players that they have um, signed during the summer, I think they will do really well within the Champions League. Because a lot of teams don't don't want to sit back and then obviously hit on the counter. They do want to actually score goals, 
and that would open up spaces for certain players like Mane, yeah, Coleman, Sane, and so on. Hundred percent. Sane has been uh, another player that's been very good this season. Uh, Musiala, I think this guy's next best up upcoming youngster in the world. I'd say him and Pedro. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you rate him that highly then? Yeah, I think honestly, for what this guy offers, and to think about this guy is just eighteen. Yeah, listen, Musiala's. I, I think the. It's crazy how you think Chelsea. He's very good. Go for that cheap. He's very good, and the it's not a question mark, but I do wonder with Musiala is he is a number ten. He is the definition of a number ten uh, slash second strike. He's like a yeah. He's almost like a Thomas Muller region in the way yeah, that he, he yeah. plays. I think he's a perfect replacement formula. But my question is, if he was to ever leave Bayern Munich, how would he fit in in any other team? Because most teams now the reality play three man midfields, and yeah. I, I look at you know the other two young midfielders of his age that stand out in Jude Bellingham and in Pedri. They almost give me vibes of an old-fashioned midfielders where they yeah. do a bit of everything. Yeah. And they're very good at everything. And I think that's the way football is heading again now. It's like, oh, so it's cyclical. Football goes through phases of specialised positions, general positions, and I think we're entering a phase of general positions now. Midfielders have to do a bit of everything. So I think it's whether he can introduce that to his game or if he does stay as a number 10 playing in a team that, that plays solely that, that way. It'll be interesting to see how they do and uh, we'll keep you up to date with that, of course. Uh, coming on to the last segment this week, Osama, looking back at another crazy week in the NFL. This com- this sport is the king of comeback. <laughs> I was watching yesterday Red Zone with my brother and I said at halftime, like half of these games that look like they're over, teams are going to come back and that's exactly what happened. We had a number of comebacks, and we also had a number of close comebacks. The The way teams analyze at halftime and change the way they play always guarantees a photo finish. We saw Arizona come back against uh, Las Vegas. We saw the Bengals almost come back against the Cowboys just to lose it with the last kick. Atlanta lost it on the last throw. Um, we saw Miami, probably the standout comeback of the weekend. We saw the Jets coming back. That was it's a crazy weekend of, of NFL football. What was the standout one for you, Summer? I think for me, the Cardinals in their game against the Raiders. The Raiders, for sure. Yeah. I thought that was an elite game to watch. And shout out to Kyler Murray for his performance. I thought he did insane. Yeah, he went, he went absolutely crazy, to be honest with you, especially in that fourth quarter. I thought... That was why you pay a quarterback the big bucks to win you games like that. Yeah, and I think he proved as to why he should be paid that much in that game. To say that they were 23 and 13 and to come back and win by 29 and 23, it's, yeah, it's stupid. And his throws for 277 yards, like looking at his stats is just insane. And yeah. I thought this guy was just... Yeah, I, I, I think the, the reason why you pay a quarterback was that that fourth quarter? What about them 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 scrambles he was doing, bro? Yeah, like I don't know if you, uh, our fans saw the two point conversion, where I'm thinking, okay, like, where is he gonna throw it? Where are they gonna throw it? Yeah, and then but he goes does, all the way back to the twenty yard line. Yeah, and then he just he makes a touchdown himself. It's like yeah, he runs for it. Yeah. Like, honestly, that was that was crazy. I think both two point conversions for me were nuts. I think the one after time ran out showed the other side yeah. of him where that <laughs> pinpoint pass. Was 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 incredible. 
for me the standout game i'll i'll be honest bro and mm-hmm. i had this game live and i was shocked by the end of it and that was the miami game for me honestly oh okay you know another young quarterback that a lot of people are questioning in Tua, lamar jackson i'm talking about both quarterbacks went off in this game like lamar jack the nfl twitter account changed its bio to lamar is that guy this guy went off mm. the whole game and Tua managed to drag the team back in the last quarter honestly like Tua's performance 469 throwing yards six touchdowns six touchdowns Whoa. let me repeat six touchdowns the best since dan marino for the for the, for the dolphins but then lamar as well 318 uh, passing yards 119 rushing yards a, t- a rushing touchdown for him three passing touchdowns lamar jackson needs to get paid doesn't he yeah yeah i think he deserves i think even just looking at the stats even from other teams you'd want to take him in your team without a doubt for sure he's just so dynamic and i personally think a lot of people say because he's so good running they automatically assume he's not you know a good passer and i think it goes similar to kyla sometimes but the reality is he's so good at passing as well and it's like you said bro they need to pay the guy because otherwise he's leaving i think yeah any team would love to have him and yeah like you said i think there's certain quarterbacks that you think have better attributes in terms of their running rather than their throwing. But I think looking at both of them, they're both elite, elite pinpoint accuracy throwers. Yeah, it's... Uh, listen, <laughs> for the amount that other quarterbacks are getting paid, I'm looking at Russell Wilson, how much he's being paid and yeah. the performances he's putting on. I'm just like, there's no excuse not to yeah. pay, not to pay uh, Lamar, honestly. But then I come on to the other side and Tua. Honestly, this is an example of do not write a young quarterback off. Mm. Two years, some people doubted him in the first year. Some people wrote him off last year. And he came back and he said, take that. 21 points down. Yeah. To win. 42-38. Like, yeah, wow. it's, yeah, that's nuts. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched the game, but I think if you haven't, I think you need to. Because that was just an elite comeback. Well, what about that pass to Tyreek? Oh, my days. Bro? Yeah. Uh, nuts. Like, that's the only word I can say for it. Yeah, I think he just needs to do it more on a more consistent basis now, yeah. do you think? I think that's what um, the fans themselves would want to say. Because being the quarterback, you're the vision of the team. And your accuracy and your idea of play has to be perfect. Like, there's no mistakes from you. Exactly, yeah. You can't afford to, to constantly be, is he going to make it, is he not? Like, you have to be reliable. And I think, I don't think he's not reliable. I just think sometimes with his arm strength is, has been questioned. And I mean, look, the two touched the two last touchdowns yesterday, mm. absolute darts to, you know, to the end of the, the, the end zone. And he showed that he has the ability to do it. I just want to see it constantly now. Yeah. He's got a good, good offense. He's got Tyreek now, fastest player in the league. He's got Waddle, who's been impressive and they've built up a partnership over the last two years. All I need to see now is him do it on a consistent basis. And I think Miami have something there. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think that's what the difference between an elite quarterback is and the next best upcoming quarterback. I think consistent levels shows within these games. And I think the more consistent he is, the more the team would get out of his performances. And the more and they the more trust wins. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think as long as we see more of it, I think, like you said, it's about taking their step up now from being 
the the current phase he's in to take this step up to the Lamar Mahomes mm. MVP kind of level Status, yeah. uh, quarterback, and I think I think he has what it takes. I like Tua. I'm a fan of Tua. I, I hope I hope he does well. Finally, coming to your team, 49ers comfortable win in the end, but that's yeah. not what the conversation is about, is it? No. Um, I Trey, think Lance Trey Lance out injury. for the season with a broken ankle potentially. Yeah, uh, it's not good, not good at all. And I think listening back to last week's podcast, where and I was I was stating, you know what, Jimmy G, like you've done well for us, but it's time for you to go. Yeah, I take that back, fam. Yeah, we need him, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think his experience is always there to show, but it's the main question that lies behind Jimmy G is, is his ex- experience going to push us to show that we can win more games and actually yeah. push towards because because most people would would agree that the 49ers have probably all the pieces to get yeah. to a conference final yeah it's just the quarterback question That's and the, yeah I, honestly i was gutted for Trey. for Trey. honestly mm. like the the guy waited a year to become qb1 he, he got given qb1 he got the trust of the yeah. front office he got the trust of the coach he didn't perform great in the first game, but the weather, nothing you, you can do about. And this game, less than a quarter in, and, it's just and he goes down injured, mm. and, and that's his second year now. He's going to be on the sidelines. Yeah. And the fact that they traded three picks to get him, or to get up there to, to draft him, they've, they've put their trust in him, and it's just really, really tough on, it, on the guy because, like you said, Jimmy G is a reliable hand, I think Jimmy G is probably reliable enough to get them to the playoffs or maybe the second round of the playoffs. I can't envisage him being good enough to go further than that, especially mm. with you know some of the other uh, quarterbacks that have been doing better than a lot of people thought um, in the NFC. Um, I, I just like I said, I'm just gutted for him. I just really, I really hope he he takes care of his body and comes back uh, in time, uh, and then let's see what he can do next year but it's just another year of of growth that's missing now yeah um and this this league is heartless this league is gonna get rid of you if you can't perform so all the best to trey lance um and what are your expectations now with jimmy g though um to be fair i think i'm I'm hoping um trying to be realistic i think you're right that i think we could push for a conference but it just depends if Jimmy G actually produces performances that he has done in the past. Yeah, it's just uh, about whether he can he can give that that magic touch that that has been missing sometimes yeah. from a Jimmy G career. Um, and if he can listen, there's no reason why they can't make the the Super Bowl. I do think the team winning the Super Bowl will come out of the AFC though, and and you know performances like Tua just makes that argument um, a little bit stronger. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the two half show Osama, thank you for joining me it's always been a pleasure to be here uh, like always make sure you like subscribe uh, and share leave your comments and opinions on our opinions and we'll be sure to get back to you until then have an amazing week and keep it locked